Hi, Joe. Hi, Miss Wendy. Did you want to run that warm up that we were talking about? I know. Before? Slap that Franzia back. Yeah. Slap your big fat dick. <laughs> this is welcome to our time. Welcome of the to month. our time of the month. Slap that big fat dick. <laughs> yes. That I can't Good claim. Heavens. I, I cannot claim that that was an original thing. I have to give a shout out to Larry Owens of the What Makes You Sing podcast. Uh, Josephine, so. there are children listening. Apparently, to this very established podcast of ours. Someone's like, Franzia, that's my mommy's juice box. Yeah. Like, yes, it is. <laughs> um, so welcome to Our Time of the Month Presents. Yes. We have an artist we're spotting. Yes. Ah! <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, when we started talking about artistic careers and the people who do cool things in different facets of diff- of artistic industries, I immediately thought... Of my friend, Jenny Bloom, who immediately was like, okay, I'll do it, sure, but I'm not that interesting. But you are. You are. Hi. Hi. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hello, Art Time of the Month, Sevens of Listeners. Yes. yes. Are That's you one of favorite. the sevens? That's one of my favorite things you I was telling somebody it's that I grown. was going to be on this, and they were like, really? That's so incredible. I'm like, well, apparently they have sevens of listeners. We do. So We do. We have at least seven. We started of with fives. And I'm, then I'm in there. And then people started telling us that they were listening. And then it like, grew to seven. And that we're pretty confident there are seven. Maybe a nine or a ten. Maybe I don't want to feel that. I heard um Spike Lee likes this podcast. Spike Lee yes. likes something about he, our he podcast. Liked <laughs> he liked that we talked about him, yeah. <laughs> he liked an Instagram post where he's like jumping on Samuel Jackson at yeah, the Oscars. And I was like, like we'll great. Thanks, it. Spike. Thanks. Nope. Thanks, Spike. You Thanks, did the right Sam. thing. That was Thanks, great. Thanks, Morehouse. Thank you. We're here for you. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Also, um, did I just realize, did it just occur to me while you were introducing this that you're spotting? Yes. <laughs> art, time art, art time of the month here is a period are. pun. I just now caught up with yes. that joke. And you are the artist we're spotting. Yay. I was like, if we're going to just ride this menstruation wave. Ride the red tie. You know, we're doing that. So you are an artist we're spotting. Um, and there you go. We've spotted you. And now here you um, are. You've been spotted. Jenny Bloom, tell us who you are and how do we know you? Well, um, like what would our sevens of listeners know you from? If your sevens of listeners know me from anywhere, it's probably as the lighting designer for RuPaul's Drag Race. What? Start your engines. You guys, <laughs> for all engines. of you who listen to us and know that we religiously talk about Drag Race, were it not for Jenny Bloom sitting on my couch right now, RuPaul would be in the dark. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> if Jenny was ever feeling vindictive, RuPaul could have some shady ass lighting. You could make her like, look so bad. It'd be a lot of like chiaroscuro, just being like half, half in the, half in the, you know, just the back of her head, <laughs> just the back of her yes. head, <laughs> like half in weird shadow. Yes. Well, there was um, uh, just as a quick summary of my time on the show. I started in season two as the electric best boy, which meant I was in charge of equipment and uh, booking the crew. And then eventually moved up to Gaffer, and then I took over for the lighting designer um, after he retired. And um, I forget where I was going with that. So, yeah. Awesome. Good story. Now but you, you keep are. her in beautiful lighting. This is true. You do. Is Can it? you also tell us real quick, just so that, because we know you from that, and we'll obviously dive deeper into that in a second. But um, the other 
work that you do in lighting around LA and the Hollywood Bowl and all of that. Can oh, you talk yeah, a little bit about, about that? The Hollywood yeah. Bowl. Um, yeah. I work with a lighting design firm with a few other lighting designers, and one of our accounts is the Hollywood Bowl. Um, unfortunately, this cu- this current summer, I was not able to work there, um, which is a, you know sad thing. But it's a really fun place. So we do Such the beautiful Hollywood venue. Bowl. Um, I've done a few movie nights there. Yeah. The Harry Potter movies, a uh, couple years of the John Williams movie mm-hmm. nights, which is super cool. Uh, just to brag about that, like last summer, Steven Spielberg was there for the John Williams movie. What? Night. So, yep. yeah. John Williams, Steven Spielberg, and David Newman all on stage waving lightsaber, toys lightsabers while yep. the entire audience of the audience no the big deal. has lightsabers. It's amazing. So, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I also do... I. Um, as I'm working my way up in my career, I cover other lighting designers when they are too busy. I have conflicts. Um, so I do various talk shows and game shows. I've covered on The Ellen Show, The Talk, uh, The Real, a bunch of stuff. Uh, did some have celebrity met, Big Brother this past have year. you met Adrienne Bailan? I haven't met her, no. Because <laughs> we've talked about her, right? Are fans? <laughs> I kind of am. I kind of didn't we talk about spicy, her in an episode? Right? Like, she's we fun. may have. We talked about her. She was like Rob Kardashian's like ex fiance. Yes. I think <laughs> we talked about. She's a cheetah girl and was in 3LW. Yes. And, yeah. Girl. Yes. <laughs> I guess when we were talking about David Lowe working up slow, I was <laughs> like, no, that's not the song I like. What's the one that I like? And you brought up Adrian Bailan. No and I was like, promises, promises. <laughs> yes, that's. Yeah. It's all coming. It's all coming back. It's now. all coming back. But that was, yeah, that was. Is she on a cover. talk show? She's on the real. She? She's on the real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, all connected, uh, full okay. circle. Sorry, I jumped. She's in a there. cutie. I like her. I also like Jeannie Mai. They're both. I think yeah. have really sparkly, kind of fun personalities. That's awesome. And see, now you're now you're here on the couch, at a talk show. Yeah. This is Talking. great. Talking. Like, this is like, if there was a camera here, it'd be my worst nightmare. Like, oh, no. No, 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 that's not true. If there was a spider and a camera, nope, that'd be my worst. There nightmare. are no spiders. Can I? Or cameras. No. I don't believe in living things. So no, it's all it's all dead in here. I believe oh, that I am outside. cold and dead inside. So I believe that I should be the only living thing in my home. The plants that are fake. They're all plant. silt. This is all maybe a plant here and there, but no someone spiders. to talk to. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Um, so then, so if you work to the Hollywood Bowl, does that mean that you? also do like when they do like the theater stuff there no um our account with the hollywood bowl is through the la philharmonic so oh, okay we do you know like jazz nights or, or the, the uh, events that are organized through the la phil uh, some of those other things like the movie the big movie nights where they'll um or do the musicals that kind of thing or even like a, a really big act like um barry manilow those are all like um a buyout kind of a thing so another producer buying I see. space yeah barry manilow when I had my, my niece was born and my brother named her Amanda and I was like, I now have a, a valid reason to sing Mandy at the top of my lungs for the rest of my life. Thanks so much. Great. You're ready to take a chance there again. There it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm so into singing oh, Mandy. to people, like songs about them. And I, there's a, a producer on Drag Race named Diana um, who's amazing. She's really super fun. But every time I see her, I want to go, dirty da. And not. Yes. And apparently, I'm not the only one. And I found out this year that somebody else has been doing that to her. And so I felt like I had freedom. Uh-huh. You, were, you were starting yeah, it. Let go. But yeah. We'll see if it happens. But also, it. really similar to Rosanna. Yes. Rosanna. So I know there's so much. There's a see, song. See, I would. I would have gone. Um, 
what is it, Neil Sadaka, you know, uh, oh, please stay by me, Diana. Oh. It's, it's an old one. I'm but not familiar. I am familiar. You just, that, you pulled that way down that all, deep from the vault. Yes, I love all of those like old, older, oldie songs about women's yeah. names. Diana, Carol. Dawn. Karina, Go away, Karina. You're no good for me. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with him. He'll be good for you, Don. <laughs> I know. Go away. Okay. See, the only song that's been written about Wendy is actually called Windy. Everyone knows it's Wendy. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not a gust of air. <laughs> I am Wendy. Do, 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 well, mine's do, got do, a girl's do. name on the bathroom stall, so I'm not sure how much better that is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we all have a story, oh, Jenny. Oh, 309 yeah. 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 We all have that story. The only song I can think about for me is Old Black Joe, which is a spiritual <laughs> from um, the Antebellum South. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I brought it. I brought it down. <laughs> you did. There it is. <laughs> so. Oh, my God. So, Jenny, okay. you are so, you are a lighting designer. Yeah. So, we're going to bring it back, though. I want to talk <laughs> a little you. bit about <laughs> where where this started for you. Like, where did your art start? What were your first memories of art? All of that. Um, I, I think I... Like, truly, if I think about first memories of art is uh, being a really little kid uh, coming home from, like, preschool and watching the Disney Channel and MTV. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, like, right after their MTV came out, basically. And MTV so, is not now what it was. I don't I, I can't believe MTV still exists, to be perfectly honest. It's a, yeah, like, True. MTV, the, the music video <laughs> is now music. a dying art form. But when we were young... Music videos are my shit. MTV was like our lifeline into live, everything pop culture. Live for music videos. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, right, it's like YouTube kind of killed MTV mm-hmm. in that regard. Because like now, if you want to something to go viral or to get any play, you just upload it to YouTube and then... Do you think that they kind of lost track? I know we totally went off track again, but like, no, I okay. feel like MTV stopped playing music videos way before YouTube. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ev- I think like even in the era of TRL, like they started... They abbreviating show video. No, they, they wouldn't show, show the, whole, the video. whole video. They would cut it in half, and I'd be like, "But I really wanted to see that whole Backstreet Boys video. Can you please part. bring it back?" Exactly. Yeah, and like, or they would be like, "And it's number one again. Bye." And yeah, yeah, and that's why I started watching when that all happened. I started watching VH1 more because mm. at least with their every weekend Saturday morning VH1 Top Twenty Countdown, they play the whole song. The whole thing, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, well, yeah. this is great." Yeah. And, so back to your first memories. Okay, so yes. Tell me about, like, what are the music videos that stood out to you? Um, I was and obsessed with Cindy Lauper, so oh, yes. um, Time After Time and She Bop and that kind of stuff. She's like, so unusual, that believe, whole album. Yeah, that was the first album I ever owned. Yep. And, like, I was a three-year-old, and I apparently had a cassette player, and that's what I was listening to, mm-hmm. or for me. And did you know that She Bop was about masturbation? Of not, no. I mean, come on. Um, she Bop is about masturbation? Oh, 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 oh. She Bop, yes. Yeah. Oh. Yes, it is. It was it very controversial. Yeah. 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 I love, oh God, Cindy Lauper is a goddess. Um, Everything. And then, yeah, the Disney Channel, you know, big deal, which is kind of, you know, as an artsy person, it feels like sad to say, but that's a big part of my upbringing and like where you see a lot of like art and animation and mm-hmm. 
live stuff and that kind of thing. So, but mm-hmm. it was like welcome to Pooh Corner, but the live version. So it was people in animal suits. And yeah, that was the best. Um, or, or through like, the like Alice's Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, vin- she, like, like vin- yeah. or vintage uh, like Warner Brothers and Disney cartoons where they use like classical music and they reference a lot yeah. of pop culture from you know the earlier part of the 20th century. That kind of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and then um, specifically for theater, which is where my background is, um, I went to see, uh, I think it was a per- performance of Toby Tyler. I can't remember for sure, but I remember clearly a memory of being in the theater as like a three or four year old. And everything went from whatever was on stage to this like crazy black light scene with masks floating around in, in darkness. And it just took my breath away. And it's still like, I can like see it magic. clearly in my head. Yeah, it was magic. It was just, everything changed in an instant and bam. Yeah. I think like, especially as kids, we have those tactile memories of seeing something that like flipped it for you. Yeah. That like you'd really dialed into like my earliest memories are, are of things that I saw on a stage or in a movie or something. And Yeah connects to something in your brain yeah Uh, I always was interested in drawing and coloring and all the things that you know little kids are encouraged to do Um, I got into acting probably I think it was third grade we did a our class did a our class's version of Mary Poppins which is probably horrible but very enjoyable for me Mm -hmm. Um, I played Jane and I was a couple inches taller than the girl playing Mary Poppins which <laughs> still amuses me um yeah that was really cool but uh and then I kind of did other performances through junior high and high school and in high school um at the time our school didn't have an actual legitimate theater so we would build a stage outside in the courtyard at the boys school across the way um so that was like my first jump into doing anything technical in theater um and then where, where should we go from there? Well, I know I'm jumping I, around a lot. Like, when did you decide that this was, that you belonged in this community or that this was something that you were going to do or that you were an artist? I remember in high school, I had a period where I thought I would be like a jazz singer and um, I changed my mind about that for many reasons. Um, but right before I started college, I was hanging out with some of my theater friends from high school like you know they were in the drama club and we did plays together and put on our own plays and um our own musicals and so I was like so what are you guys majoring in you know Mm -hmm. all looked at me like I was an idiot like theater duh you know I I had signed up to be an English major and I just thought oh you guys are actually gonna do that and how come this had not occurred to me (laughs) because that's all I really wanted to do is do something fun and entertainment and the idea of sitting behind a desk was just like death to me. Um, so I called <laughs> Marie Turner at yeah. ASU and I got registered as a theater major and I, I made a whole big speech to my parents about how I'd, I'm prepared to live in a cardboard box if I have to, to go after my dreams. And mm-hmm. and um, I guess that convinced them because they were like, okay, go, go for it. I, I'm always fascinated by the fact that like when it comes to making college decisions, real life decisions, for some reason, for so many kids at that like pivotal age, they don't see the arts as an option that's feasible or realistic. Yeah. And I feel so fortunate that like everyone that you and I studied with, like everyone is working in the field in some kind of artistic realm. And that's a lot like, of us, yeah. A, overwhelming percentage of us I love that that's one of the things that I remembered it really stuck with me on my first day of college I don't know if this was how they did it for you guys but they we had an orientation where 
everybody in the freshman class sits in the one directing classroom or whatever. And uh, the TD at the school at the time gave a speech about like, you know, all of you in here, who wants to be an actor? All of you in here, who wants to be technical, blah, blah, blah. Well, the percentage, the likelihood of you succeeding is this. And the likelihood of you succeeding is that. And it was kind of staggering. Wow. Um, like, most people were really dejected, I felt like, at the end, because everybody wanted to be an actor, you yeah. know? And it was like, you have a 1% chance of making over $1,000 a year or something oh crazy God. like that. But the thing that really stuck with me was how he was like, you really should look at everybody around you right now because these are the people you're going to be working with in the future. Yeah. That's, it's all about the relationships you develop now. And it really is true. Mm-hmm. Um, I, have, I haven't done a ton of work with our fellow ASU alums, but I've done a bunch with some people from UCLA where I did my graduate work. Um, and even some of my friends from high school I bumped into. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it is like, I think that piece of it is all about relationships and that's really true. I did not have that kind of freshman orientation experience because I actually went into ASU as a dance major. What? I did. I didn't know that. I did. I went in as a dance major and then I got mono like halfway through my freshman year. And I decided then and there that my body was exhausted and I didn't want to spend the rest of the year walking around campus in a leotard and overalls. (laughs) So my mom was the one who was like... And I, I mean, I still walked around campus for the next four years in my overalls, but my mom was the one who was like, go check out the theater department. Why don't you check out the theater department? And so, um, so then I did. And so I actually entered the theater department as a sophomore. So you didn't get the demoralizing. I did not. Welcome maybe to that's speech. why I've been like blindly optimistic this whole time. It was very sobering. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. It was. I was like, oh, crush our dreams on day one. Awesome. Crushing the dream. And if you still want to do it, then yeah, right? you're meant to be you're there. You're fucking crazy. It, yeah. Like when you have those demoralizing experiences and you've been like crushed in your career, but you still want to do it, then you've earned this. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like you get to call yourself this artist. Yeah, I get it. Um, so when did you know that you were? An artist? Yeah. I don't. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't call myself an artist. What do you call yourself? Weird. How do you identify? I call identify? myself a designer. Solid. Um, you don't think designers are artists? I think we do artistic things. Mm-hmm. I think I can do an art. Mm-hmm. I could have an art in me, probably. I think I see art as like a blanket of like everything. I feel like I'm thinking of it as a capital art artist. No. Okay. I, I don't know. I think of myself very creative. I have made artsy things. Mm-hmm. I want to do something really big and important. That's my career goal is some one big project that really stands out. Like? Um, um, my my current significant other's father is all, was a lighting designer. He retired a couple years ago. He did a live television movie uh, several years ago called Failsafe. Um, it was about World War II, and it was George Clooney, wow. uh, Noah Wiley, a ton of famous people in it, all in black and white, wow. shot live on like three or four sound stages. And it's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, and I hope I can do something kind of cool like that one day. That's awesome. Or maybe one of the live like musicals. I'm, I'm very jealous of you guys who are getting to do those, by the way. You know who you are <laughs> if you're hearing this. <laughs> They're listening. I've sent it to you. <laughs> it's like this is around. I've oh, sent it listening. to you. They're just won an Emmy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those guys. So what are the live musicals coming up? Bye Bye Birdie's coming up. J-Lo's doing that. I'm blanking. Um, I'm, I'm blanking too. I've yeah. stopped. I, I, if they don't, if it's not like plastered on 
like everywhere then i just i don't you know i also recently started like following the hollywood reporter on instagram and i was like i kind of am like this is the news that i need yeah (laughs) this is the stuff that i actually care about i'm like oh yeah this is the stuff i need thanks hollywood reporter (laughs) um so tell us about like your journey into hollywood and how you arrived at this career now that you have uh, sure. I, after Arizona State, uh, my generic theater degree, I didn't know what to do. So I decided New York was probably too cold and too expensive. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I thought maybe I'd have a better chance in L.A., um, maybe in film or television, because that's constantly there's constant work there. And um, I had kind of come over my three years at ASU to realize I don't want to live in a cardboard box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought I might try to make a living. And um, so, but I didn't know how to do that yet. So um, my solution was to go to more school. So I applied to a couple of grad schools and I got into UCLA, um, which I was excited about because they had the, the film school attached to the theater school. And I was able to take some cinematography classes there. Um, and after I graduated, I landed an internship with a design firm that's now closed and within three months they hired me full-time and I just started working on the crews on the shows and working my way up and within a few years I was in charge of the crews and um and then I got a really lucky break um Chelsea Lately if you remember that show um used to be used to shoot on a small studio on the west side um of LA and they decided to move to a bigger studio at Universal Studios and Universal Studios is a union um, facility where they were before it was a non-union. So they uh, basically everybody who was involved in the show got to join the union. And um, because I had worked on the show once or twice before that happened, I was kind of grandfathered in with them. And that opened up a huge opportunity for me to actually be a lighting designer and not just, you know, one of the guys on the crew. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Chelsea. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Chelsea. Thanks, thanks, girl. Chelsea. <laughs> and then what's so funny about that is we, I think we shot maybe two seasons there, and mm-hmm. then she was done. She and left. Yeah. She shut it down. Yeah. Yep. That's and now cool. Kelly Clarkson's on her stage. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the Kelly Show. Have you seen that? We'll talk about it in are September. We, are we talk about it? <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I haven't either. I haven't either. But I saw that she did like a whole like American Idol reunion. Uh, we'll, 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 I've seen clips. All right, we'll, we'll talk yeah, about okay. it. Table that, that. Table that. That's a detour. There's also a Chelsea thing that I also want to talk about. Oh, so we'll talk about. Oh, that. solid. Yes, okay. this is. Uh, this is you know. <laughs> See all of the. I'll write comments on the Instagram. Exactly. Down. It's like ooh, remember? <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you arrive at Drag Race? Oh, okay. Um, Anybody who's a fan of RuPaul's Drag Race knows about the infamous season one. Yes. Um, Vaseline. Season one was shot early in 2009. And um, if you've seen any kind of stills or video clips from it, it, it's it's a different looking show than what we're used to seeing on television. Super gauzy, like I Love Lucy episodes in the later years. And after that season (laughs) was shot, the producers decided they wanted to change up the look of the show. And they hired uh, my former, one of my former mentors, uh, Greg Brunton, who had one of the longest, most successful lighting careers of anybody I know. Um, Like his, the history of lighting designers through him and through the people that he was associated with goes back to radio. Mm. Like they, television lighting actually came about because of they were doing radio programs and they needed to see things and 
they didn't know who else to hire, so they hired the radio guys to do television. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of nuts. Um, but anyway, so Greg got brought on to do season two of Drag Race. And um, yeah, so I was there as the best boy and um, helping his gaffer. What is the best boy? Can you explain that to our listeners um, and to me? Because I don't know what that is. Basically, any any crew on a set, you'll have different hierarchies of people so you can divide up the labor and um, the lighting designer is in charge of sort of the look of the show and deals with executives and deals with talent, deals with camera. The gaffer um, oversees all of the crew and can, depending on the show, help actually light things. Um, and then the best boy is sort of their second in command. For that particular show, I made sure we had all the equipment we needed. I hired the crew. I submitted the crew lists. I also did a lot of manual labor. Um, yeah. Um, and then eventually our gaffer moved on to do the talk show called The Talk. Mm -hmm. So I took over from her mm -hmm. after she left. Um, and then eventually Greg, um, as he was getting older, he just didn't really want to be on set five days a week and he needed some breaks and he had, you know, go to, go to the doctor, like mm -hmm. have a real life kind of a thing. Um, so he convinced the executives that I could fill in for him when he couldn't be there. And so bit by bit, I was there more and more taking over. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Greg's the best. Greg. Yeah. Thank I try you. to shout him out as much as possible. That's awesome. And I love that too. Like there's such a, like honor, honor the people that, that gave you that step up, you know, and honor the people that put you where you are now. And I think that a lot of times, and we talk about this in theater too, like when we're playing theater games, we always try to honor like where we learn this from because it doesn't belong to anyone, right? It belongs to all of us. And how do we honor the people who came before us and taught it to us? So, so thanks for honoring Greg. Greg, I mean, Greg, I could go on and on about him, but he used to do lighting for Cher. Yeah. So you know you're in good hands if you've got Cher's lighting designer. Right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you're lighting and, Cher and Mother Ruth. And, yeah. and he, over all the seasons that Greg worked on the show, like constantly working to make it better, like polishing and seeing how what we can do to make Rue look better, to make the sets look better, just any little thing we could do. And that's saying a lot on a low budget. Yeah. That's exciting. And it's, it's, it's paying off. It's paying off. I mean, like you, that work that you continued, mm -hmm. like it just feels like every year, you know, oh, as you know, also the budgets and the success of the show grow. It's just, a it, it grows a little. Yeah, it grows a little. People still got to make money. <laughs> yeah, they are definitely making money. So, you know. So tell us a little bit. I'm sorry. Anyway. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, it just feels like there, you can tell that there's that, you know, that commitment to trying to make it you know. the continuity yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. are you the one that's like pressing the the button to make no, the those are my programmers okay um, <laughs> talk about talent i mean i i have a a very basic understanding of those the cons the computer consoles that the lighting guys the programmers use but the people that i have working for me their skill and their talent is crazy like that's one of the cool things about lighting in general is it's a really cool mix of art and technical, like mm -hmm. math and programming and engineering. And these guys can make magic out of the lighting rig that we have set up. Um, that's, a, that's a really great segue. So I want to know about your design process and like where do you start? And then who, who are the people you need to turn it over to in order to execute it and to get what you want? I think it's different for any project and depending on the team or whatever. But mm -hmm. I would say generically... As a lighting designer, um, 
I kind of come up with the like the light plot for the show. I decide mm-hmm. where lights go, generally what I think they're going to do, um, maybe color schemes, and, and I get paperwork, and, I, and then... Um, I have a gaffer who hires the crew or he hire, you know, he takes care of getting it set up and powering things and making sure it works. We also have people that will be like technicians, system technicians that do all the networking so that everything can talk to each other. Um, and then we have our, you know, different people on the crew who run the spotlights. They plug the lights in, they fix the lights if they break, that kind of stuff. Um, and the design process, so like I said, I'll, I'll make the light plot and then um, we sit with the programmers and they're the ones punching the buttons and telling the lights what to do and when to do it and how fast and mm. what color to be. Um, and that's, you know, it's a whole amazing skill set. Those guys are worth their weight in gold, I'm telling you. That's awesome. And then are you there almost kind of directing that process like as like what you want the lights to do? To a certain extent, um, like, when you're seeing lip sync for your life mm-hmm. kind of stuff happening, that's all them. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... Unless there's something I see that's missing or egregiously like offensive to me, which hardly ever happens, um, I usually just give tiny little notes like, is there a way to find that accent in the music or mm-hmm. something like that? Um, but if it's if we're talking about different, you know, like the talk parts of the show mm-hmm. or runway walks or anything, um, I'll I'll give more specific instructions and change levels on people's faces and that kind of thing. Cool. I was going to say, like, so that moment where it's like, you know, the, it's like fade, everyone's in the background faded out and then all the lights come down and it's on there. That's, that's them pressing the button. Boop, yeah. Yeah. And their make, like with their makeup changes every single week and with skin tones changing every single week. Yeah. And all of a sudden, what's her name? Evie Adley's wearing blue makeup one day. Like, yeah. all of that directly affects you. Yes? No? To a certain extent. I mean, um, or you directly affect them. I can if if somebody's makeup is darker than we think it should be, or they're we're just saying everybody's looking and saying that looks dark to me. We can boost up light a little bit if we need mm-hmm. to, but I try to I try to keep the light level at a certain number. Like we, I measure light in foot candles, which is you know a foot candle is like a candle, the brightness of a candle one foot away from your face. And um, some people need forty foot candles, and some people need sixty foot candles, mm-hmm. and um, you deal with ratios and it's kind of like boring math stuff, but it's all about ratios and relationships to each other. And what does that look like on camera? That's um, fascinating. Yeah. That's theater math. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's just, it's, there's a whole, it's a whole world. And, you know, it, it's just every time we talk to someone who, you know, comes from, who comes from a background that has like this technical all these technical things that need to happen in order to make the magic and make it seem so seamless because especially on a show like drag race, which is all about light and glitter and the spectacle of it. Like the way you create spectacle is through light. Like there's a, it's a very, it's very important to the, a lot of the storytelling elements of the show and how to like propel the emotion forward and make the audience feel like, you know, there's, there's, it's very important to the show. So, you know, you're, I mean, I just think that like it's just so cool to hear someone and all of that process that goes into it and you know like there are people behind that and like there are you can do that it's not just like you know you you people like oh I want to be the queen on the show like well no some people actually like you're going to get more work and you're going to be <laughs> being like someone who's in the crew and you know we we talk a lot about that when we were talking with like mm-hmm. when we were talking with uh, Nick Cartel we about like the 
the amount of people it takes to like move a Broadway show mm-hmm. across a nation from city to city and just all of that. Like there are arts create jobs. There are jobs for people there. And Absolutely. so, and so like thinking about what you said about, you know, I consider myself like a designer because I feel like when I feel like maybe, and you please correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like maybe you're thinking about it like you, because you're like executing a, p- a specific vision also of like the director and the producers, right? Yeah, so yeah. So like there's a certain level of artistic control that like artists with a capital A have. And it's like, but you also are in working <laughs> your creativity into how you make that too. Yeah. You know, I was just, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm now spitballing. Well, I'm but. also like, sometimes I think about art in ter- art with a capital A, like, um, I made this thing by myself and it's expressing something mm. f- from deep within. And, and sometimes the stuff I'm doing is really, we're just making exposure. Like, so you can see what's happening or sometimes it's just, you know, we're just selling a product and that's to me, doesn't feel as like art as an emotional mm-hmm. product or an expression, but I get how there's art to it. Uh, or, think- or as like kind of what you, what you were saying made me think of is, um, I'm my role on the show as a designer, but we're all making something that's a piece of art together. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. Definitely. I get that. Yeah. I think the blanket of the arts, the capital A, like mm-hmm. I think under that blanket falls designers and educators and theater artists and directors, et cetera, et cetera, and stage managers and crews and everyone who's working collaboratively to build something that is one piece. You, you just know? brought up stage managers and that was one of the things when I was at, I didn't really get to talk about ASU enough. Yeah. Um, when we were at ASU, it was one of the coolest things ever because we had this huge student production program mm-hmm. and it was fully run by students. Mm-hmm. I think we had like a couple staff that every now it and then started pop when you were in. there, right? Didn't it? Yeah. It was my freshman year. It was the first year of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yes, that's true. They, or at least it was like, and I forget, but anyway, um, it was insane because we got so much opportunity and, um, but what I was able to stage manage. I graduated in the winter of 2002. Okay. And I graduated 2001. So yes, it started, what would be your freshman year and my sophomore year? Yeah. 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 yeah the student productions there became pretty huge. Like in the black box theater over on like the east side of campus. Which right? apparently isn't there anymore, which breaks my that heart. That is crap. Oh. They just, they demolished it. I heard. Damn it. That tiny Tina space. Tiny Tina. Oh, tiny Tina's. Okay. We're getting nostalgic here, but Dude, there was were a you tiny, there, there was a tiny and Tina's late night, like spotlight show that became, was it a once a month? I think it was once a month on Fridays. Once a month where it was basically like a variety show and people got to get up and like try things, whatever they wanted. Oh, I love that. Like poetry, be it like thinking, amazing. Be it like a new script they were reading or um, music that they created. And it was like sometimes there was really fucking weird performance art and it was late at night and it was kind of it felt like um it felt very underground inebriated a lot of the time yeah everybody was wasted but it was fun the first time i went i actually only went to i went to three tiny tinas i went to two and then i performed in one Uh (laughs) and i performed in one as somebody who i had never seen who was a real person that we went to school with and i basically did a parody of chuck banishevsky oh my god were you there for that yes (laughs) 
And it was very strange because he was sitting right in front of me and I'm like, I'm doing an impression of you and I've never seen you do what you do. Mm -hmm. It was bizarre. But anyway. Yeah. I went to a lot of them. I don't think I performed in one until like the very last Tiny Tina's of my senior year. Mm. And we we did an En Vogue lip sync. Of course. To give him something he can feel. With Jordan? No. It was... Wait. It was me. No, it was me, Tina... Carmen and Jamie. Carmen. And Jamie Joy. And the four of us did giving him something he could feel. And I choreoed it. And we all went out and bought these pieces of like red fabric that we just wrapped around ourselves in like different dresses. And I still have that red piece of fabric and I use it and incorporate it in almost every show that I do at school now. That's I know. Isn't that crazy? Yes. I know. But the things that we hold on to that are just kind of with us for different reasons. I don't know. Anyway, that stemmed from student work at ASU. But yeah. Sorry, you were talking about stage management. Oh, uh, just uh, I actually I have, I mean, I've, <laughs> in my theater work, I've held so many positions on the crew. Like I did stage management. I did run the light board. I did audio mm-hmm. crazy, which I don't understand at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I could if I spent the time. But um, yeah, it's like, but it was really cool because getting to do all that stage managing helped me so much in my career now that I really understand like what it takes to get everything in place when you need it. And it's, and that can make it frustrating for people who don't come from a theater background where it's like, Mm -hmm. how do you not understand like everything needs to be coordinated? And Mm -hmm. um, I I think coming from a theater background is so great because as theater artists, we're we're very well-rounded people. Like you have You're to kind of know to learn everything. Yeah, yeah, a little of everything, like history and art and math and and lighting and design and sewing yeah. and construction and all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, before you can get up on stage and perform it, we're awesome. Yeah, there you go. Um, you mentioned your career now, so I want to know now, like, what is your day like? What what does your year look like? What's a year in the life of Jenny Bloom like? from project to project and then of course we want to get into drag race well it's always a little different um uh, drag race is a a big chunk of my year it takes three usually about three months pretty much straight and then uh from like when to when uh typically sometime in the summer Uh, it's it's been different almost every year but it seems like we're getting into a pattern where we start shooting around may I think that coincides with drag con and having to do finales mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, I also work on um, one of my small shows is the Anaheim Angels uh, pre and post game live show. So they have a little set outside of the stadium and we have mm-hmm. some lights out there for the hosts to say, that was great baseball. These are sports, Jenny Bloom. Very exciting. I have no interest in sports anymore. So We do here at do our you? time of the month. Yes, we love sports. Glitter just or not? Glitters. Oh, you <laughs> just like our base- glitter sports. Baseball. Glitter sports. <laughs> well, baseball. I mean, like we <laughs> we love baseball. Uh, we did the Olympics, and I was like, you know, there's I feel like the first this a pageantry Olympics. of the Olympics. The first part of the year, we were talking so much sports. We were talking about like the Super Bowl halftime show. We were talking about <laughs> Olympics opening. We were talking about like. You know well, the the things so that many, people really care about. All, there were so many entertainment pieces to sports because. I mean, isn't it all spectacle? Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, the pre and post show of the Anaheim Angels. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's outside, so it gets really toasty in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, so that's one of my shows. And then, so that's, you know, during baseball season, which is pretty much uh, spring, summer, fall. 
And then a lot of the times my winter months can be slow and I'll bounce around. Um, this past winter, I was able to do some lighting for the game competitions on Celebrity Big Brother, which oh, was cool. really cool. Um, it was the first time in probably the whole time they've done Big Brother where they really like opened up the purses to spend money on these these little games they do. Um, they've just upped their production demands and it was really nice. Um, and they were really happy with what we did. So yeah, uh, Celebrity Big Brother was a great project I did last winter and we'll mm -hmm. see what comes up this winter. Nice. Very cool. And then what do you have um, coming up? Oh gosh, uh, this is pretty exciting. Normally when we have projects, we're not supposed to talk about them until they air, but I think this one will be okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to be helping one of my colleagues light the American Humane Society Hero Dog Awards. Yes, that's right. What? An award show for dogs. <laughs> I, it's going to be at the Beverly Hilton where they host the Golden Globes in the same room. So yep. just oh imagine man. the glamour with the dogs of the dogs. And there, there will be so much dog shit in that room. There's going to be a special room in another area just for puppies. Oh my god! Which I'm pretty excited about. I like Holy puppies. <laughs> I will have to talk offline about when that is because my I have a friend who is a manager at the Beverly Hilton. Uh, so shoot it October 5th, and I believe it airs like two probably, weeks after that. I was like, December maybe? No, like <laughs> a couple weeks after. Yeah, not too shortly. Okay. I'll let you know. I know I, I can give you that info. We can put it in the description, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we totally yes, can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we'll I've put all that in the show notes. Before. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have. Jenny is officially one of the seven. You have been like from the get too. Um, can we talk about RuPaul's Drag Race though? Please. Can we like go in on like the tea? And here's where I turn it over to Josephine because <laughs> I often forget the names of queens. But Josephine has an I encyclopedic of knowledge of every queen of every season. I, I took a BuzzFeed quiz once that was like, all the BuzzFeed quiz was, who is this character from Game of Thrones? Yeah. And then you had to write in the name and I got 100%. So like, I I feel like I, I remember Minutia. So okay. yeah. I hope I can keep up. We'll see. I mean, you you know, it's, you're, you know, you're, you've been like, you know, well, me, been there for the whole let time. Let me offer this caveat. Uh, which I told you guys a little bit ago at breakfast, is that oftentimes when there's cool stuff happening with the queens, I'm somewhere else uh, working on the next thing that we have to, to shoot. So uh, I miss things. Like I had no idea that Brooklyn Heights and Miss Vanjie had a romance going on during um, their season. such a steamy romance. No clue. Steamy until romance. Until finale. Absolutely no idea. They were having sexual relations. So I will do my best to answer okay. your question. It's fine. Like you can... It'll be great. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so first of all, like, do you have a favorite season? Just, oh, good question. Just from like, you know, everything, like not it, your work on the season, people that were on, just like overall, what is your favorite season? Well, you know how they say like your first is your most memorable or something like yeah. season two for me just sticks out. And uh, as soon as you ask the question, I'm like, Oh, season two. Cause it was such a discovery. It was really fun watching. I mean, I know there was a season one, but everybody pretends it doesn't exist. So for me, this was the beginning mm -hmm. of it. And it was really interesting to see the queens and watch them get into drag for the... F I never really saw that before. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was Raven's season, right? It was Raven and Jujubee. Raven, mm -hmm. Jujubee. I love... Tyra and Sanchez. Tyra. Okay. Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Wilde. Pen... Pandora Box, Pandora right? Box, um, Morgan, Morgan McMichaels, McMichaels 
Uh, who else Tatiana? is Tatiana? Tatiana is on that season as well. Tati. Tatiana. Uh, that was a great season. Uh, I remember, I have a very fond memory actually of the day that the queens moved into the workroom. I was standing outside the uh, queen's entrance with one of our production assistants and we were just watching them unpack. And I was, we were just fascinated because it was so much fun. And Morgan McMichaels and Pandora Box turned around and looked at us and started talking. And then Morgan McMichaels goes, look at those lesbians over there. You know? <laughs> They just saw like women in all black clothing looking like they're part of the crew. I'm like, those lesbians. <laughs> yeah, and I, I have to say that Morgan has grown to be one of my favorite queens because she's always, she's she's so SoCal based, so she's always in San Diego all the time. She's also like, you know, she's of the house of Michaels, so, you know, she's Chad's daughter. Um, so, yeah, so, like, she's always here, and I and I just, I enjoy her on, when she performs in the clubs here and I stuff. just saw her recently, and she was so cute. She was, like, we, uh, we were chatting, and then I said, oh, yeah, I was with you on season two. And she goes, thanks so much. has changed since then. And we laughed, and she goes, yeah, we have boyfriends now. <laughs> <laughs> you were a lesbian then, and now you have a boyfriend. <laughs> so, okay, so season two, right, do you have a favorite lip sync? Do you get to watch the lip sync? Do you even get yeah. to watch the lip syncs or like, you know, do you? God, I know this is so horrible because it was so, it was 10 years ago that we shot that. Um, and we haven't aged sticks, a day. What sticks out for me about season two is Jujubee getting drunk and trying to do the like rock and roll performance. I don't know if that, how that was cut together, but it was very sexual with the microphone stand. Yes. Um, yes, I know this. amusing episode. Also, we did um, our music video for that season for Don't Be Jealous of My Boogie, which, mm. oh my gosh, I could not get that song out of my head for a full year after yeah. I shot. <laughs> um, but we, there is the whole thing where they have to slap, or RuPaul gets to slap them yeah. off. Yes. One of the best things I've ever seen in my life. What yeah. about me? What about Raven? Uh, <laughs> what about exactly. Jujubee? Yes. <laughs> Oh, I love those girls. Um, I really, really thought <laughs> Raven was going to win. Josephine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, so just shake of head and nothing else. Here's the thing. So, like, I, I was also a huge fan of VH1 back mm-hmm. at that time, and they used to have this show called Best Week Ever. Yes. And then Best Week Ever, yeah. like, would always do Drag Race, and I was like, what the hell? I didn't start. I didn't watch Drag Race until yeah. years later. But I remember just thinking, like, what the hell is going on in this show? And then. <laughs> I, when they, they covered the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race season two and they were like, it was a lot of, what about me? What about Raven? And I'm just like, <laughs> what is going on? And then it all made sense when I actually watched oh, the season later. So That's so good. Oh my gosh, I, I love those two. Raven and Jujubee are my definitely two of my favorites. Um, and now you're like homies with Raven. And I'm kind of a little, like, kind of with Jujubee, too. I know that sounds really silly. Let's but just like, say that you're, like, homies with them. Every time I see Jujubee, we run at each other and give each other a hug. So, basically, you're best friends and you're in love. We're not best That's friends. That's basically what you just said. You heard it here first on Our Time of the <laughs> we Month. We just really have affection for each other um, because we went through weird, strange situations absolutely. together. Yeah. Jujubee, Raven, and Jenny Bloom. I mean... You're basically like Charlie's Angel. I got a picture of me and Raven and RuPaul this summer, and I was like, "Oh my god, I need to see that picture." Life is good. Life is good. I'll show you in a minute. Life is good. And you guys can see it online. You can see it online next summer. Next winter when I'm allowed to post it. All right. Um. So look out on our Instagram post old stills of drag races. Sometimes I forget to post the pictures I take because it's been so long. You're just like, oh, I can finally put put an alarm on it. Like I can finally post this now 
Um, I have a question for you. Yes. Of all of the celebrity guest judge judges, I know this because I know you, but who are some of like the standout guest celebrity judges for you? Um, and the cool people you've met. Good standout in a good way. We in had, a great way. Well, yeah. the first one that comes to mind because I, I freaked out when I saw her name on the call sheet or on the list, and I begged to get a photo with her as Paula Abdul. Yes. Um, I grew up straight up. Wanting, now tell me. Wanting to be Paula Abdul. So, and then she was just so sweet and kind and like put her arm around me and I freaked out and I just didn't know how to react. So there's a, I'm like, yay, me and Paula Abdul. But she's great. <laughs> she was really kind. Um, just so sweet. Um, Tony Hale was there once and like, I just, I'm a big Arrested Development fan. Yeah. So he was a kick and every, he kept getting up from the judges table and walking over to my desk to say hi. And I was just like, <laughs> I am not supposed to talk to you and I adore you and I Buster's don't know what to say. Buster's talking to me. Buster's yeah, like, talking to me. Like, he's like, hey guys. I'm like, hi. That's awesome. Uh, and that was it. I could not get any other words out. Yeah. Um, it's like, that's a really good Buster impression. Like, <laughs> we, I, um, we, I think I can say we've sh- finished shooting um, season 12 and I can't give any names away yet, but you guys are going to love a bunch of the guests. It's just like, it's insane, and we were all freaking out. So I'm excited about that. Um, who else do I have that was great? Didn't you meet Alex Trebek as well? <laughs> yes. Um. Oh, that's right, because he. <laughs> well, and it was so funny because I, you know, who hasn't grown up watching Jeopardy, and right. we love Alex Trebek, yes. and uh, I think he's a very conservative person, which mm-hmm. uh, cracks me up because the day that he was on set, I was wearing my Colin Kaepernick jersey. And um, I don't really follow sports that much anymore, mm-hmm. but I decided that I would get one of those jerseys because, you know, yeah. like, yeah, Colin Kaepernick, uh, I support the cause. And anyway, um, everybody, you know, people who wanted to take photos with Alex were cycling through. And finally, our talent um, booker said, Jenny, get up there. And he said it so loud that everybody could hear and Alex Trebek could hear and there was no way to say no. Mm. So I was like, yeah, I'll go and take a picture with him. So there is me and Alex Trebek with my Colin Kaepernick jersey on. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of looked at me funny, you know. Anyway, it was great. It was Ooh. one of those funny moments. You know, We've had so many great judges, though, and it's hard to remember all of them. Jeffrey... Am I going to say this name wrong? Jeffrey Bowers Chapman? Uh, yes. Angel uh-huh. from Heaven, one mm. of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, Jamal Sims is incredibly kind and sweet, like very personable, mm-hmm. very warm. Um, Todrick is a really fun person. He's really interesting. Um, he has, I can't, I just can't even, it blows my mind how much that guy has going on and the yeah. things he the can do. The pace that he works yeah, at Yeah, and is he's insane, so yeah. creative and so focused. Mm-hmm. Um Watching him choreograph is a real treat. So that's, yeah, he's a great guy. On an early episode, in the early days of RuPaul's podcast, the, she had Todrick on and basically, like, anointed him, like, called him the anointed one. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, this, <laughs> this is very interesting, this whole, like, because it's like, oh, that kind of, you know, I, that put Todrick on the radar for me. Yeah. And then ever since then, you know, because he already had a really great career on Broadway and all that stuff and American Idol. And then, like, from that point on, and it just, like, just goes and he's able to dis- to distinct himself in that way. So, you know, it's RuPaul has called Todrick the anointed one. Um, do you have... Uh, do you have a fun story from set that you can tell us where something didn't go quite right 
and you had to like it 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 was maybe hilarious or not so in the moment hilarious results but you know it was just like you know and it could be either something with the lighting or just something in general well but you know I think I don't I know there was a um last or for season uh 11 we were at a, a new studio new to us studio and um in the middle of this hot summer, like hundred over 110 degrees on a daily basis. And um, unfortunately, the power system at our stage was a little unreliable. And so in the middle of shooting Untucked one day, all the lights turned off. Mm. Just boom, gone. And I got a message, uh, a Facebook message from one of my friends who lives in Hong Kong. Like, Jenny, we're watching Untucked and the lights just went out. What the hell? You know, like, <laughs> I was not intentional. <laughs> it's not fake created drama. It's like actual problems, technical problems. Oh, my and, God. Um, and then, of course, my crew is like running outside in the heat back and forth trying to reroute the power and get it going again just so we can continue on with the day. And um and that makes me laugh because um, my gaffer is actually my significant other, and he's like a really big—he's a big bear, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, so he, you know, he's running around. And he takes off his shirt, so he's just running around in his tank top, giving orders and dragging cable and looking all manly. And all the drag queens were like, "Splash!" You know, just <laughs> and they're all like sitting in the dark, yeah. and they're but they're drinking, and everybody's just watching him like, "Oh, okay." That's Jenny. I have a really good-looking crew of guys, and they and my, and they're very popular with the queens. That's oh, I'm crazy. sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh my God, how is Mother Rue? Like, what is your relationship with RuPaul like? I adore Rue. Uh, my first interaction with him was on season two. Um, I was standing in front of this rack of monitors where you could see all the camera angles and what was going on, and. I was just kind of fascinated by it. And he just walked up to me out of nowhere and he said, it kind of looks like a Coke machine, doesn't it? You know? <laughs> and, um, and then later on that season in the, where we do our challenges is like a big empty space. And he just, I came in there one day and he was just roller skating around in circles and like just having a blast. And I was like, this is so crazy. Of course it's he was. Um, so he's a lot of fun. What a joy. Um, she, he, she depends. That's the thing that they said to us in season two is like, Pick a pronoun and stick with it. But it's kind of tricky sometimes with Rue because when he's out of drag or in drag, you know, and he says mm-hmm. it's all drag. But um, anyway. Yes, we are we are all born naked yeah. uh-huh. and the rest is drag. I'm in my um, <laughs> Saturday drag right now. Yes. Oh, yeah. So have you also worked on every music video? Because they shoot those on set, right? Well, mm, a lot of them. There were a few years of the early seasons that I was a part of that I wasn't there for the whole season because I left early to go work on the Jerry Lewis telethon. Um, so there are a few music videos that I wasn't there for, but most of them I am. Um, and for a good many years, we did it all on a green screen. So it wasn't as interesting yeah. as it could yes. be. Um now we've obviously moved away from that and are doing way more challenging stuff. Yeah, like, you know, single take. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking back to uh, Hey Kitty Girl, a single take, one shot only, uh, you know, dance extravaganza. Like, <laughs> what was, was that like for you? It was intense. It, and it's at, is it at that studio, the new studio? This was at, uh, no, this was at another place in uh, uh, Simi Valley. That was for season 10. Uh, I'm sorry, for All Stars 3. And um, very large sort of warehouse studio complex. And they had 
it probably was something else in the past. It must have been some kind of warehouse, but um, they have this huge, huge corridors between the sound stages to move equipment and whatever. You could drive, you could literally drive a semi truck into it. Um, so that's where they decided we were going to do our music videos, where there's no infrastructure, there's <laughs> no power, Jesus. there's nowhere to hang lights. Uh, that's where we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. So you know. That's the kind of thing where as soon as they say that, my my heart starts pounding and I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be work. <laughs> but we get to it and we start figuring out like how much equipment do mm-hmm. I have? What can I do? I mean, we did, we used every single piece of equipment that we have like available. And then I, I taped gels to the, you know, the disgusting overhead lights that existed. And we just did anything we could to make it look a little bit more magical. Um and then my significant other slash gaffer was holding um, a battery-powered light behind the Steadicam operator. So he was basically doing as much work as a Steadicam guy, following these queens around. Wow. And there's actually a behind-the-scenes video online somewhere. And you can see during one of the rehearsals, you can see both him and the, op- the Steadicam operator um, doing the most complicated move. And I wish I could show you it right now. But basically, the somebody hits the pretends they hit the, the camera with a bat yep. and the, mm-hmm. the operator has to spin around and find the next queen and so while he's doing that my six foot two lovely boyfriend is holding this light and then he crouches down like almost to the ground with the light and then comes back up with it like cr- cr- sorry i did the whole microphone thing but yeah. the karate moves that he does and it was just so impressive and That's so cool but we it was a big deal and it was one take but we we shot it three yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you take the best take? Well, and that's that's what makes me laugh because they, I love how they edit. I mean, the editor, the editors, God bless them. I know you saw that where like they they, they kind of make a thing out of BB like not quite getting that one dip on the dance yeah, yeah. move, and I thought that was kind of sad because she was she turned it out. Oh yeah. yeah, I was like, she has a real shot. Yeah, <laughs> that like, was a crazy. tiki tiki tata. Yeah, I'm pussy bitch. Um, like, also, when that much? happened. Josephine texted me, ra tiki tiki ta ta like yeah. syllable by syllable. <laughs> Have you seen the meme? Like, it's like, what's your password? Yes, exactly. What's your Wi-Fi password? Yeah, and he texted me that like seven times in one day. I was like, stop it, Joe. Stop. We're done now. Stop Ooh, la, it. La 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 la. C'est bon. C'est bon. <laughs> it's just oh, like, God. and then like. And then when she had her verse in Hey Kitty Girl, it was like, oh, this is like, this is also its own thing. Mirror, mirror on the wall. <laughs> another day, another sleigh. And I'm like, uh, I love this. Uh, <laughs> she's a kick. At, when we did drag you, I think it was, yeah, it was season two. Um, she was one of the coaches or whatever. And we were sitting down in those little talking heads interview rooms, getting her set up for hers. And it was me, I was gaffing and my, my best boy at the time was another woman, uh, my, our age. And, you know, like we're in like cargo shorts and like dirty clothes. Cause we got to be crawling under stage who knows. And so we're getting her all set up and BB looks at my friend and she goes, doesn't it bother you to be so unglamorous? <laughs> 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 we were uh, she, my, my friend told me about that afterwards and I was so mad um, but now I'm like knowing her a little bit better it makes me laugh because it's so her it's true <sighs> oh my god uh, there's there's like an, a little inside joke that a friend of mine has where anytime someone's talking to him about like oh you know I don't know what they're like surprises for next season he just leans and he's like well I hear that BB is the 10th queen 
like every single time. Every like, time. Like, I hear that. Well, you know what? I heard that BB is the 10th queen. I mean, they're bringing Shanji back for another. Uh, exactly. They're bringing, they're bringing oh her gosh. back. Oh my gosh. God bless Shantala. God bless her. She had her Beyonce moment. She's just fine. Remember the corn yes. bracelet? Yes. <laughs> that was fun. Um, she come a long way. So, I remember that first time, the first season when we saw her, like that first time, and someone was like, I've been doing drag for like 17 years. I just started. Oh, you been doing? She's like, four Three months. months. Yeah. She had like a crooked eyelash on. She's like, four <laughs> months. And I died. I was like, girl, go to bed. Go to bed. I can't with you. Um, oh, the, so la- the last thing I really want to ask is... Um, Ben de la Creme, <gasps> how did you? <laughs> you and I talked about this last time I was here. So, First of all, so Ben de la Creme. Hi- one of the highlights of all the times I've loved this show is her. Um, um, why can't I think of the word widower? Widow. Uh, you know what I'm talking about from Down Abbey. Oh, oh yes, her dowager, dowager, her dowager countess. countess. Thank you. Yes. Oh, her Maggie Smith. My yeah. God. It was the. Great! It yeah. was RuPaul. Is it? I lost RuPaul. RuPaul? Is it? We invented the language. Okay. And then at RuPaul. the same time, you have Adore Delano being <laughs> Anna Nicole Smith. Yes. Fucking brilliant too. Like that was one of the best days of my life. I swear yeah. on that show, it was just so good. And then that was also Bianca okay. Del Rio, right? Uh, was Judge she, Judy as Judge Judy oh, Baloney. <laughs> But um, when you must be talking about all stars, cast. right? Uh, we're talking about all stars. Lipstick white out. We're okay. talking about lipstick white out. We're like these girls. I tell you, like, <laughs> I don't know how they. Okay, because I watch them shoot that stuff. I know how how long it takes them to shoot the freaking lipstick, and those girls like milk it and they put it in and they put it out and like. <laughs> She's a magician. I don't know how she did that because they are zoomed in on your hands. There's, I don't know how she did it. I don't know how. But we were all completely floored. Nobody had a clue. Really? No, no, no Nobody. Joke. Same thing with the whole butterfly thing. Um, oh, Asia O'Hara and right? the death of the butterflies. <laughs> oh, God. It was the same thing. Like, um, Oh, my God. This you can't the sorry you can't massacre. see the look on my face. The look on your face is priceless. It's Every, the same we can, look. We can see the look on your the face li- right the now. The lipstick on, on everybody look at Jenny's face right we now. We were just Go. like, and then everybody starts <laughs> looking at each other like, what? Rue and Michelle are looking at each other like the great. And then I hear massacre. on the PL like people saying, "Is she allowed to do that? Like, what do we do?" And then we we did we had to pause and like kind of figure it out like, can she kick herself off the show? It's like I'm going home. <laughs> I'm like, what? I was so bummed out because. Um, this is my problem is I, every time I want somebody to win, they don't. So I try not to get my hopes up too much. <laughs> yeah. I wanted Ben de la Creme to win her season. I wanted her to win her all-stars. And when she kicked herself out, I was heartbroken. Like truly, we all were. Truly we, All of us were like, season's over now. Now we don't care. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Now we're, like, done, we, we're done. We're <laughs> done. Okay. Fine. Uh, yeah. So. I, I, what I'll say about that is like, and it's like, if you... If you don't, if you feel like you don't want it anymore, then maybe, then it's not, then it's not yours. Cause like you have to, I feel like for every queen, it's like that I love, it's like they wanted it. They wanted to see it through to the end. So if you feel like you're in a place where it's like, I don't want it anymore for whatever reason, then it's like, okay, well then, then you were, then it's not yours. It's not your. I have a vague understanding of what those girls go through on a daily basis. Um, they don't sleep. They barely eat. Um, even in the All Stars, they're they're put through a lot, and I don't mean it like they're tortured. You know, like obviously, but yeah, we're like not, they're we're not yeah. like 
hurting people, but there's a lot going on and they have a lot to think about. And especially when they already like get to a point where they have a big fan base and they have to be more concerned about their image. I, I could see and how that's going to play out and wearing on yeah. you, or maybe you just get tired of it. It, it. It's very tiring. I can see how it would be hard. Um, it, it, in a way though, it's like, we're making television. Yeah. So maybe you could help us out. Yeah. I it's told tricky. you my Asia O'Hara story, right? Mm. Asia, what's her name? Asia O'Hara. Asia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was in the rehearsal studio next to me once. Did I tell you this? No. <laughs> this was like two weeks after the Great Butterfly Massacre. Mm. Like right after that finale where everyone was like aghast with horror. It was so bad. But... I was in rehearsal for something and she was in the studio right next to me and the kids that I were working with, they went on a bathroom break and they came into the studio very like, oh my God. And I was like, what? What's going on? Are you okay? Do you need something? They were like, no, it's just that um, we watch this show and someone that we're a fan of is in the next studio next door. And I was like, what show? <laughs> and they were like, so, and it was like they thought they were going to get in trouble by telling me that they watched RuPaul's Drag, Drag Race. Race. <laughs> they were like, um, RuPaul's Drag Race. And I was like, shut up, who's next door? <laughs> and they told me it was Asia. And I was like, shut up, oh my God. So I like ran the next door and like peeked in the window. Because it was literally like two weeks after the butterfly. Incident. Oh my gosh. And so she was next door. And but she was learning choreo, and so she was she was dancing her pussy off, and like I kind of kept an eye on the door for like when she was done with her rehearsal, because I was like, we can go out and say hey to her, but I do not want to interrupt her rehearsal, and we also were in a rehearsal and had stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, I will Focus. be cool here. I will let us work. We're gonna work, and when she leaves her studio, we can go talk to her. So we went out to go and talk to her and she was just so sweaty but she was like in love with all the babies I was working with Aww. and she wanted to see all of the puppets we were playing with Aww. and it took every fiber of my being Jenny to not be like who told you you could do that with butterflies <laughs> we who told you that was a good idea same, like and I said, did Peta get involved what well, happened it was the same thing with Ben De La Creme's uh, white out lipstick we had no idea and she Purposely made sure nobody knew because she thought people would say no. Well, she and walked out with those giant, like, cannon titties on. What was that about? Well, that's where they were. <laughs> yeah, I know. She had them all over the place. They but, fell asleep or well, something yeah, like so that. Yeah, it's, so it's, I guess it's the dark and the cold or something like that. Because it's cold in there. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think a lot of them were not dead until they got stepped on. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, because then, like, you know, then... <laughs> <laughs> then Eureka rough. and 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 um, Aquaria are all like you know bang bang all over the. <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> it made for good television. We were like, everyone was horrified. We were like, what is going? On? Also, it's like Just, you knew what yeah. the two songs would be. How did those two songs play into? Butterflies, yeah. like you're not doing butterfly by Mariah Carey. You're not doing, no. you know. You know, you just get a cool <laughs> idea and you think it's gonna work. I think I. Uh, I mean, what some people think is a good idea. <laughs> that's television. Yes, it's like, that but is that's television. that's television. There it is. So, I, moving on a little bit, um, I want to know specifically, like, your thoughts on the state of the industry of your industry, but technical, like, women in technical fields. Like, mm. I get comments a lot that uh, 
I've never worked with a female lighting designer before, which is crazy. But uh, the cool thing is there are a lot more of us than I realize, and that's kind of neat. One of the women I work with, you know, from time to time, she's a programmer. Um, She started at Disneyland, and now she's working in television. She does all kinds of shows, but she's going to be speaking at the um, – LDI conference in cool. uh, Vegas coming up in November, speaking about programming, and that's great because most of the time those panels are just full of guys. Mm-hmm. Sorry, guys, but that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, for years it's been a male-dominated industry. Yeah. So, so, and it's kind of funny because of the whole Me Too thing. The pendulum is starting to shift, and people are making an effort to hire. Mm-hmm. Div- more diverse so um it's funny you know like I, yeah. I have a feeling i'm gonna i have probably gotten gigs and will get gigs just because i have a vagina but mm-hmm. i think that's okay because a lot of people have gotten jobs just because they have a penis and, that's 100 you know. true yeah. and that's something we talked to julie about too when she was talking about like evening the playing field yeah and like having a choice in hiring the crews that you want like making concerted efforts to hire women um, is an important thing. And so part of why I wanted you on here is because you're like dominating in this field that was traditionally male dominated and fuck yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Go ladies. Absolutely. And on that note, then like, what is your advice to young artists and young designers and young women <laughs> who want to go into technical fields? And I was um, kind of flippant when I wrote you the answer. I was like, yeah. don't be a dick, but it's true. But I love like, that answer, though. And for the record, Art Time listeners, Jenny Bloom wrote out all of her answers <laughs> like it was a high school essay. I loved it, I though. loved every fucking second of it because it was so charming and so, like, thoughtful <laughs> and... Um, and I think that, like, you are so careful with your words and your work, and it shows, like, even with this silly interview, so. Well, but it's really... Um, but that answer specifically, she was like, don't be a dick. But, like, the, the <laughs> nice way of saying it is, when we do our productions, we're long hours, um, tough situations, and so it's really important for the people that you have near you to be people you like spending time with, and mm-hmm. yeah. not just mm-hmm. being good at your job. Like, um, I can't... I wish I could name names, but nobody would know them anyway. But I used to work with this particular person who um, was so talented, but was extremely difficult to work with. Bad attitude, um, kind of lazy. Ooh. And um, kiss of death, right there. Yeah, like made it hard for me. But um, we don't work together now because he's not fun to work with. You mm-hmm. know, like he's no. he's doing talented fine and somewhere. you're lazy. That's yeah. the waste. So th- yeah, you have to be really you you have to be personable, and you have to. Um, Oh, another thing that I would give advice is I noticed something this summer. We had a lot of new young production assistants, and they were very eager, which was a plus. Um, but there's a there's something to be said for having um, a respect and keeping a little bit of distance while you're trying to learn from people. I mean, I literally had kids come up to me and say, teach me something. Mm-mm. And I'm like, Ugh. okay, well, A, this is not a school. This is my job site, and I'm in the middle of doing stuff, so... Mm-hmm. that was rude you know mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of strange and like just not quite understanding boundaries so there's a I think there's a tricky and it's something that I'm navigating still myself is there's the politics there too. and how to yeah. deal with people and where when's a good time to ask questions and I think a lot of it is just watching and learning too um you can l- learn a lot from listening and seeing what what to do and what not to do mm-hmm. um but also um yeah you get to set and it's just a matter of like like 
the big the best education you can have is just you working on set and watching. I think Gina Davis recently did a um, she was on a po- she was on Mark Maron's podcast and she talked about how like when she was on Tootsie she didn't know that she wasn't supposed to be on set every day. Mm. So she just would come to set and like if she wasn't in it, she would just stand next to um, I think Sydney Pollack, who was the director mm. and would just watch. And, like, that was where she kind of got her appreciation for, like, set life and being, like, direction and stuff. So it was the best education she had. I think a good thing to say instead of, like, teach me something is how can I help? Or is there something I can do to help? Mm -hmm. Um, Or even if you find somebody when it's not in the middle of the work time, you can say, I have an interest in this. Um, Is there anything that you could recommend? You know, Mm -hmm. that's a different story. So. Um, teach me something is also very like it's putting the onus on you it's just like yeah. you're I, I here's you do the emotional labor to impart wisdom to me when it's like no you're here to basically you're here to learn so like one of the kids that said that to me I, I, I was like well what are you interested in doing like what are you what's your track what are you aiming for she's like well I want to be a writer and I was like well then why are you asking me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can teach you stuff, but I don't know how that's going to help you. Yeah. I don't know how like, you know, that's going to help you in the writer's room or get into one, but yeah, I love, I love the notion of like not being a dick though, because in the end, what we do, what everybody does in the arts is, is collaborative and you have to be somebody that people want to collaborate with and want to communicate with every day. Mm-hmm. I'm working on it. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I really am. I know there's a couple people out there who'll be like, "She is always a dick." No, you're um, not. But I'm working on it. <laughs> hey, okay. you don't get to be. You don't get to be where you are if you don't like. You know, you can't. You have to break a few eggs to make an omelet. And girl, you are. Metaphor? You are. Yeah. And you are French. You are a French omelet right now. Who okay. Was it? Was it? I can't. I'm sorry if it was us or if it was somebody else talking the other day, but they were talking about um, like women in the business now it used to have to it used to be like women had to behave like men to get ahead and now it's like no like we don't need to repeat the bad behaviors mm-hmm. to get to their level like we should be changing the behaviors yeah so that's, that's awesome of, i'm kind of like trying to shift my focus from that because it used to be like you had to be kind of a hard ass mm-hmm. and i don't think that's necessary all the time Mm-mm. yeah it's like you know you don't like show up and uh, do good work yeah that doesn't require any kind of personality, but yeah. personality any, helps. Not one or the other. What personality helps? Pers- yeah, I, when I say any kind of personality, I mean like a, like a, a harsh one or a meek one. I mean like be who you need to be to do good work. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. guess maybe. I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Um, okay, here's my favorite question. My fave question. If you were not. <laughs> A designer. Okay. What would you be? Don't say teacher. Okay. Well, that was an option at one point, but um, the the original list of things I wanted to do before I chose my major, I went through veterinarian, um, and then I was in a horseback riding camp, and they took us to a veterinarian, and we got to tour it, and I saw all kinds of horrible things, okay. and I was like, nope changing my mind um and then throughout the years I was like I wanted to be a jazz singer but then it was before the whole like Nora Jones and uh, you know that whole scene and now now there's a million jazz singers and who knows but um I also kind of loved singing so much I didn't want it to become my job if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um 
and then I wanted to be a psychologist for a minute. And then I did, in fact, want to be an English teacher. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but if I could choose anything now, I've actually thought about that a lot. Because every now and then we get dramatic and we're like, this is too much. I need to I'm change careers. Doing it yeah, again. This is too much stress. Um, but I can't. It's hard to think of something else I would want to do. Um, but for like, if I had anything and there was no nothing in the way, um, I really like. I've always liked the idea of owning like a mini golf place. Yes, because you could always design new, you know, like holes. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Um, design your holes. Yeah, yes. Design the holes. Take it to the hole. Take I'm, it to the hole. <laughs> I'm bored of the 18th hole. Yes. Making me a new one. Um, and I just think it'd be fun to have like families and kids come, and it's a wholesome kind of a thing. Um, I love that. That might be my favorite answer. That's Doesn't really that sound great. Fun? Yeah, that's really it fun. Does. I love that. You're working fun. for yourself. It's your own business. You have your own hours. Yeah. You can be as creative as you want with the different, you know, the different gags and the traps and stuff. You know, you get to design all the holes. What was the yeah. other thing I thought of? There was something. Hold was on, it, was I can a cute, tell you. Was it a cute answer? If not, I we can tell skip you. It. I can tell you. Hold on. Um... You said, and I quote, and I can only quote this because you wrote it. Uh-huh. Here we are. <laughs> Veterinarian, until I took a field trip from horse camp to the actual vet and saw some gross shit. An animator, a teacher, a oh, fighter yeah. pilot, but my vision was too poor. Yep, yep. Jazz singer, movie star, psychologist, English teacher. But now the following occupations <laughs> appeal to me. Mini golf course owner, Driftwood and seashell crafts tycoon. Yes. Okay, I tell tycoon. us about that. I live on the I mean, beach. How does one become a tycoon of seashells? Okay, I, I live at the beach, and um, there's constantly seashells and driftwood on the sand. And we, we, my uh, boyfriend, significant other, partner, whatever we call each other, um, we constantly joke about collecting all the driftwood, and we're going to make art, arts and crafts out of it, and make a lot of money. Because if you go to the, some of the stores on Main Street, yeah, and you buy yeah. like, a wind chime made out of like driftwood, high end boutique. You could spend a hundred dollars on driftwood. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's my other uh, hundred dollar driftwood. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's only gonna you take make me. Uh, you can make lighting fixtures out of it. You combine you your could. two. You could design lamps out of driftwood and seashells. Dream catchers. Oh yeah. yes, yes. Driftwood dream catchers. Dream catchers all over their homes. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> to catch all the dreams. <laughs> to catch all the dreams. Well, we spoke a little bit already about what's coming up for you with the, what is it, the dog event again? Uh, Hero Dog Awards. The Hero Dog Awards. Uh, Hero Dog Awards. Yes. Look I'm for also, that in when, October? I'm also going to cover the lighting designer on a couple episodes of America's Funniest Videos, which is kind of insane. It's the 30th season, which means I watched it in the first season. I did. I and did. now I get to work on it. There's been a couple shows like that where I'm like, I get to work on this. And I, there yeah. were, once um, on Chelsea lately, they had Miss Piggy come. And I was like, I had, huh. freaking Miss Piggy is sitting right in front of me. Yeah. I mean, it's a really cool job. Sometimes I'm, sometimes I complain, but a lot of times I'm just like, I can't believe this is my life. It's yeah. weird. Um, that is really yes, cool. Yes. Hero Dog Awards, America's Funniest Videos. And then um, f- coming up uh, to watch, you can see what we just shot over the summer. Um, All Stars 5. Drag Race uh, season twelve and a couple other surprises to come. Yeah, yeah, to be announced. Yay! That's amazing. Yeah. Stay um, tuned. Yay. Stay tuned. Jenny Super Bloom, drag. how can we keep up with you? Um, Do you want people to keep up with you? You can look at. <laughs> Do you I want have... us to look at your work? Show us your work. Yeah, yeah watch TV. Uh, you'll see some of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a dick thing to say. Um, no, no, no. Um, I have an. If you have a Nielsen box, please watch. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my my public Instagram account is I the word the letter I Bloom Design. Um, 
I have a private Instagram. If we know each other, you can come find me. It's <laughs> I Bloom Cat with a K. Um, but it's like uh, it's where I post dumb memes, so you probably don't care. Yeah. Um, I also have. She uh, won't add you if she doesn't know you. You can so look well. me up on IMDb to see a good number of the things I've worked on, not inc- totally inclusive. We will post that in the show notes. A good, yeah. a good deal of things. A good deal of things. Um, Jenny Bloom. Thank you for coming here and talking about your amazing work. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, oh God. This God. is so much fun. This is so much fun. You're fucking fascinating. Thanks. You're doing really cool shit. We're Thank proud you. of you. You too. Both of you. I, we didn't discuss it, but I, at least <laughs> on, on this, but we discussed it at breakfast and you guys are awesome. We had a really big breakfast together. Yeah. It you was guys great. should be jealous. I'm still full. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to think about that breakfast for a while. For a good long while. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jenny... We Thank love you. you so much. Thank, Thank you for being here. Yay. Hey. Hey. Hey, Josephine. Hey, Miss Wendy. Enjoy your time of the month. Bye. Bye.